Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, me and Vicki are going to talk through a text conversation that she had with an abortion-minded mom. We thought this conversation would be a blessing for you guys to listen in on, so stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. All right. Well, welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast, guys. Appreciate you joining us. And um, today's podcast, we're actually going to go through a conversation that Vicki had with a mom that had chosen life, or at least you've been ministering to, because we thought it would be helpful for you guys to kind of hear the flow of the conversation, at least some of the turning points in the conversation, help you guys to... Uh, maybe not know exactly what to say. Maybe you can learn from our mistakes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and talk through that. And just maybe talk through, well, if I had it all to do over again, mm-hmm. I would say something different. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. You do pretty good, Vicky. So yeah. we'll critique yeah. some of what you said here. Yeah. And so it was interesting because it was a text. It was the, she wanted to do it only by text. In fact, I offered to call and she didn't want me to call. She wanted to text. She had several young kids at home. And so it was all recorded on the text. So I removed any identifying information, and I thought it it really it it was an interesting discussion, and yeah. and pretty typical, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And just to set the stage for you guys, this mm-hmm. was a mom who had come to the abortion center, mm-hmm. and she was there until the afternoon. You and I had left because we were right. there that morning. And had no interaction with her as far as I understand. Right. She heard us. She definitely yeah. heard us talking okay. and calling out. And in the afternoon, she mm-hmm. came out of the abortion center, ended up talking to one of our afternoon team. Right. And telling them that she chose life. Yeah. At least for today. For that day. Shaky. They, yeah. they When they talked to me, they said it was a shaky save, a shaky choice for life. Yeah. So Choice for Life, nonetheless, for that day, right. got the contact information from her, mm-hmm. and fo- you were following up with her and talking mm-hmm. through the situation, because we want to make sure, um, really, that she doesn't come back to the abortion center right. as much as we're able to. You know, right. you said it's a shaky yeah. decision for life. Yeah. We want to solidify mm-hmm. that decision for life and talk through the struggles and things that brought her there and let her know that she doesn't have to go back to that abortion clinic. Right, right. And so, well, kind of... Just share with us how this conversation started off and yeah. the flow of things. And again, as you guys are listening through, we're we're going to talk through some of the highlights of this conversation, some of the mm-hmm. turning points, mm-hmm. and share with you just some insights to yeah. help encourage you guys in your conversations with abortion-minded women. Well, it starts off, honestly, she's mad at me because uh, through honestly no fault of my own, her family had found out that she had been at the abortion center. She had been hiding it, which was important for me to know. Yeah. I'm glad I found that out because so, I knew there was then shame over over that choice. So the conversation started with um, her saying, I'm embarrassed because now I'm going to be judged 
by all these people. And so the the first thing I did was say, hey, I'm I'm not here to judge you. I'm I'm here to offer resources. And yeah. and on and that was also why she was referred to me because our counselors who saw her in the afternoon fairly new counselors and they just didn't know all of our resources and I do. Yeah. So they had said give give Vicky a call. She'll tell you about the resources. Right, yeah. Um so I I texted her and she's she said, you know, she's embarrassed. And um and so the initial part of that of the conversation and we're not going to read through all the text cuz it would just be too long, but was me offering help. And um and working through first of all her concerns that she was going to be judged. Yeah. And that she was being judged or condemned would probably be a better word. <clears throat> that she thought that we were condemning her. So work through that and she was willing then to um to talk with me a little and, and she said, Thank you and I said, Listen, I'm here always. I I if you wanna talk I will try my best to help. Yeah. And I will try my best to show you I'm not here to judge you. And so she said, well, thank you. Just whisper a prayer for me, please. So that was kind of, for me, the first turning point. Right, yeah. Whisper a prayer. So just without getting into a lot of the details Mm -hmm. of why she felt judged, why she felt, you know, and and how even that came into play, um, because there's a lot going on behind the scenes there, there, how she even was to think that her family found out and because of our connection there that her family found out. We won't get into all of that. Yeah. But understand, guys, and if you've been out to an abortion center, if you've ministered to abortion-minded women, you probably already understand that there's a lot of guilt associated with it. Even, again, with a, a woman who left the abortion clinic who at least was a choice for life so much so that she stopped and talked with our counselors on the way out, um, and didn't get the abortion. And didn't have day. the abortion. Right. right. Still yet, there was some guilt associated with even being at the abortion clinic. So we right. have to understand that, too, that when we're, when we're talking about, because we can get into all the, the biblical, because we did a podcast about judgment, and all the biblical right. justification for us to judge. Right. Yes, we are to make judgments, but in this situation, what she's really saying mm-hmm. is, I feel guilty, and I'm concerned that you're going to make me feel more guilty. Right. And you're going to heap condemnation on me right. and all of that. So right. just to meet her where she's at, you're saying, I'm not connecting with you to judge you. I just want to help you. Right. And you're dealing with that guilt that she feels. And rather than trying to magnify that, obviously the Holy Spirit needs to minister to that. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is not against guilt, as a matter of fact. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uses guilt to bring people to a place of ultimately to salvation, right? You, exactly. You don't come to the Lord mm-hmm. for salvation until you understand that you're guilty before God for sin. Right. But you're not going to say all that stuff just initially, right? You yeah. work through this, and that's basically yeah. what you're doing here. You're working through that guilt and trying to show her um, why that guilt is even there. Right, and and told her, don't beat yourself up. You overcame that temptation. You were tempted to sin. We all are tempted to sin, but you overcame it. Don't beat yourself up. Satan is the one that does that, yeah. not not God. So just trying to, first of all, comfort her yeah. it was the first part of, of the the session yeah. with, with her. Um, and then when I said that, it kind of opened trust maybe yeah. in her towards me, and she shared the problem, really the crux of the problem. She said, I know, but I'm already having a hard time with the many children that I have. And just to preserve 
privacy. I won't name the number, but it was a lot. She, yeah. has, she has a lot of children. So here's the problem identified now, and which is really the first step towards any ability to help someone yeah. understand what the problem was. So the problem is she's overwhelmed. She's got a lot of kids. She already was struggling to provide for the children that she had. So, um, so the first thing in the discussion that it went into, something I don't often do, but knowing the number of children, knowing that she was ready to kill that child, and knowing that she's feeling totally overwhelmed, I did say there, there are resources, but um, if you choose to parent this child, we will help you. Yeah. And we have so many resources that can help you. But if you choose that parenting is not possible for you, we, we will walk you through adoption, yeah. placing your child for adoption. And she didn't reject that idea. So I, I knew that that was kind of in, in, the back of, in the back of her mind. Yeah, at least a consideration for her. Right, right. And I reminded her that she had time. Yeah. You have, you have time. She was, not, she was early on in the pregnancy. You have time before you have to make this decision. So the, the next step for me, I know she's shaky. I know I, she's probably not going to go for adoption, and, and most women don't yeah. that we interact with, which we've talked about before on past podcasts. So I knew that really for her, abortion is still on the table, and as soon as possible, try to introduce the idea of God. Yeah, I've mentioned resources. She didn't start jumping up and down with joy, saying, oh, then my mind is made up. Right. So then you segue uh, into the discussion of God. And one of the things we knew, by the way, just as to shed some light on what I was working with, I knew from the afternoon team that she claimed to be a Christian. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. She claimed to believe in God. She even claimed that Jesus was her Lord. I knew that. So I knew that that was where I, I needed to speak with her yeah. in, in that whole idea of lordship. So one of the, I, I right away, then this gives me the ability to start sharing scripture. She's the one that first brought up prayer. And, and so I said, well, if, if you know God and if you claim Jesus is Lord, you know Jesus himself says, if you love me, you will do what I say. I think you love him, and his word is clear. He says the shedding of innocent blood is one of the seven greatest abominations before God. And that scripture, well, that's, that was, that's a, um, a description of a, a verse in Proverbs. But that's bringing her to the truth of your claiming Jesus is Lord, and yet you're here to shed this innocent child's blood, and, and we're told, that that is not okay. Yeah. If Jesus yeah. is your Lord. And so some folks that that might be listening would think, "Wow, you just went straight for it. You didn't you didn't dance around the issue. You went straight for Yeah. If you're claiming to be a Christian, right. you can't kill your innocent right. child. And I, I guess every time you do that, you do risk them hanging up on you. Absolutely. You do. Yeah. Um, um, you risk you know a no response there on that text thread. You, that's you right. risk them hanging up on you if you're on the phone. You risk them driving off if they're in their vehicle right and you know with any of these situations you have to be led by by the holy spirit probably wouldn't go right there if i was talking to a woman car side in front of the abortion center but if i'm talking to them on the phone they've left the abortion center at least have some information there that they claim to be a christian also that they felt the conviction enough to leave the abortion center not have the abortion that day so 
I know what I'm dealing with here. I, I'm dealing with someone who's pretty inclined to listen, at yeah. least to hear me out. Yeah. And so why beat around the bush? Why not we don't, go straight right, for the Exactly. For we don't know how much time on. we have. I knew that already she's she's with a lot of kids. Um, the, it's not nap time. The kids are awake. And I, I knew I had limited time, And um, as we always do, really, yeah. when we're dealing with an abortion-minded woman. So... Um, and if she's claimed the Lord, then uh, and and she told our counselors she claimed Jesus as Lord, yeah. and they believed her. They said they felt that she had an understanding, a true understanding of Jesus as Lord. Yeah. So yeah, I was probably more straightforward than I would have been with someone who had not claimed that they had a, a faith, yeah, a, a yeah. saving faith. But I went back to where she said she's already having a hard time. And what that tells me is um, not only is she struggling with the very real struggle of handling a lot of children, but it's not what she wanted in life. Yeah. It's not what, maybe what she expected yeah. of someone who's following God. And now he's given her another child, which she sees as just heaping struggle upon struggle. And I wanted to uh, to address that and said that the Bible says nothing is impossible with God. But that doesn't mean we won't have troubles. Jesus himself says, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And as, and I'm talking about that verse and yeah. what it means to have struggles and troubles and that that doesn't mean that you're not walking with God at all. God himself tells us that we will have struggles. Yeah, absolutely. And so what you're bringing into the equation which is oftentimes where we want to get to in the conversation, again, whether we're talking to a woman car side at the abortion center or on the sidewalk in front of the abortion center or on the phone or right. through text or yeah. whatever means, yeah. is we want to bring God into the equation. Yes, absolutely. Right? I mean, he's already in the equation, mm-hmm. of course. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. But they're but not in their mind, and they're, that, Yeah, and right? they're not acknowledging that. Yeah. And because of the fear, because of the selfishness, and because of whatever else is going on, They've sort of made God a a side issue. Yeah. And so we need to bring him to the forefront of their minds and remind them that, yes, they're accountable to him, but also he's faithful. Yeah. He's faithful in these situations. And, you know, this goes right along the lines of helping them trust in the Lord to bring Mm -hmm. God into the equation and his character, that he's faithful. Yeah. That he... Though you'll have tribulation, he's with you in the midst of that tribulation. That's right. And and to correct misperceptions, because it is a misperception that if you trust God, your life is going to be easy. He never promises right, that. Yeah. God never says that. And I do think that that is one of the dangers of modern Christianity. Oh, absolutely. That that is promised. And yeah. if there's struggles or troubles, we try to get rid of them mm-hmm. as as though that's not normal. But that's just so yeah, counter yeah. to what the Bible tells us. Well, absolutely. You know, you've got, <laughs> you know, the modern like prosperity gospel, right? That has yeah. to do with only you know health and wealth, and yeah. has very little to do with you know laying down your life, taking up your cross, and following right. Jesus. Right. The whole you know God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life gospel. Yeah. And man, tell uh, tell Stephen that who was stoned in the first century for his <laughs> his faith in Jesus. Right. It's not that. God doesn't have a wonderful plan for your life. He certainly does. His plan is just not always necessarily your plan. And sometimes I think that you would think that maybe that's a terrible message. I've had many people tell me, well, that's depressing. Well, maybe, except no one who has lived any length of time has not experienced struggle and trouble. We all do. And I think it's freeing for us to know 
wait, this doesn't mean necessarily that it's because I'm walking away from God or disobedient to God. It's just what life is. There will be struggle and trouble, but there is an accompanying promise by God, which you touched on, which you said, Jesus is with us. He is. We're not alone through those struggles. And ultimately, and I, I talked with her about this, ultimately, Jesus's words are, I have overcome the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. In other words, he wins. Yeah, He has the victory. And so who do we want to hitch our wagon to? (laughs) He who has overcome the world and has the victory, or the author of death, the enemy of our soul, who is whispering in her ear all this shame and condemnation and just go do it and get rid of your troubles and kill your baby. And so I was trying to paint the picture of, of that, she needs to turn to God, who has overcome the world, um, and and talked with her about the promises that God does make: abundant joy, abundant life, peace, eternal life. Yeah. So those are those are worth pursuing. And at that point, there was an interesting. Again, I thought it was a turning point. She made a very insightful comment about herself. And I, I thought it showed great self-perception and self-awareness. And also she's opening up to me, which yeah. is always a good sign. Well, anybody who will listen to that, when you just kind of lay it out real plain and say, this is an abomination before God. Right. And we'll continue on in the conversation. <laughs> At least you know you've, you've got their attention and you hadn't lost them there. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And that, of course, that doesn't work with everyone, and you do rely on the Holy Spirit. But I had a um, a counseling session right after this, just a, the next day, where the woman said that the reason that she wanted to listen to me was because you don't sugarcoat it. That's what she said. You don't yeah. sugarcoat it. So I think sometimes we're mistaken that what people want to hear is everything phrased and gentle. You know, I mean, we want to be gentle, but we we don't want to make it sound better than it really is because they know it's not better than it really is. Of course. So anyway, she said, I've realized I don't really love myself. I don't respect myself either. So it is hard to trust God when I don't know if I can trust myself. Yeah. She can't trust God because she can't trust herself. Whereas I flip that around right away. Right, of course. You know, and told her, you're right, you can't trust yourself. None of us really can trust ourselves, but we can trust God. He is trustworthy. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. You know, a lot of, I was talking to someone about this the other day, um, actually one of our new volunteers, uh-huh. and about one of the issues that many of the, not just the women that we encounter and men that we encounter at the abortion center, but just in general in society, mm-hmm. is that society has an identity crisis. Yes. We've got an identity yeah. crisis. Yeah. And that identity crisis is rooted in, we don't know who God is. Mm-hmm. We don't know who we are because we don't know who God is. Right. And a world that's rejected God is in a crisis of crisis, right? There, there's no solid foundation. To the point, you know, even the, the fabric that God has established in society of the family has fallen apart. Right. A lot of people have an identity crisis. They don't know their worth and their value because their father wasn't in the picture. And a lot of children, the way God has designed it, 
find, I want to say their, their value, but at least their worth and their purpose from their fathers. And their father's not there, then they don't know their, their worth and their value. And in the same token, if they've rejected God as, of course, the heavenly father, they, they have a hard time seeing their worth and their value there. So it's just this whole big picture of things falling apart in the way exactly. that God designed that, it to be. That was exactly what I found as, yeah. as the discussion went on. But um, asking questions, we've said that many times, is really a, a good counseling technique. And I did ask a lot of questions. And one of them was, um, why do you not love yourself? And she said she would not allow the things she allowed. She wouldn't allow people to hurt her. And she wouldn't beat herself up over things that she could not change. But she was not really recognizing that maybe she didn't love herself because she was doing things that she didn't want to be doing. Yeah. That, I mean... She wanted to be doing them, but they were in rebellion. Right, yeah. There's God. that that fight in the heart, right? right? The battle between the flesh and the and the spirit. Right. That she's dealing with and giving more over into the flesh, it causes destruction, it causes depression, it causes all these things that, that come in the hearts and the minds of people that give themselves to sin. Right. And when I asked her that's the when when she least loved herself, it was in the times when she disobeyed God. Yeah. When she walked away from God. She, you know, it's interesting that here we are having a discussion where she's still abortion minded. There's no doubt. She's yeah. still thinking about abortion. And she's saying, I don't love myself. Well, no kidding. You're, you're about to go do one of the worst things you could do before God and as a woman and certainly to that, that innocent baby. Um, it's hard to love yourself when you're engaged in just such direct rebellion yeah. against right from wrong. Yeah. Violating your conscience. Exactly. So I I said that. <laughs> I said uh when when you obey God, how do you feel? And she felt better about herself. Yeah. And uh, and I asked her uh those times when when you have obeyed God are the times was that when your faith was strong or weak and they were times when her faith was stronger. Yeah. And and then I I said I believe that we love ourselves most when we are in the will of God, and again I felt that that was a turning point. Yeah, because she I don't think had considered that at all. I think she was saying she was kind of blaming the world around her, things she had no control over, uh, how people treat her, how she responds to how they treat her, and um, how angry she is about things she can't change. None of those things she could really have any effect on, but she could affect whether she obeyed God or not. Yeah. I'll read the scripture here mm-hmm. that came to mind. John chapter 4, and this is Jesus. He just got done ministering to the woman at the well, mm-hmm. and powerful, you know, you guys know this story, I'm sure. Yeah. She goes off to her village to testify about who Jesus was. Well, Jesus' disciples show up, and uh, and... It says, uh, they urged him to eat. This is in chapter 4, verse 31. Mm-hmm. His disciples urged him to eat, saying, Rabbi, eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said to them, I have food to eat that, of which you do not know. And they were wondering, well, well, did somebody give him food? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes on to say, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Mm-hmm. So his nutrients came from obeying God, Right. right? And yeah, you know maybe it's verse. maybe it's not the greatest comparison here, but I yeah. think it is if you think yeah. about it. 
in your human relationships as a child? Did you not feel like really good when you when you cleaned your room without asking? Yeah. <laughs> without your parents asking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. felt good about yourself. Like I did the right thing finally and I feel good For about the myself. One that loves you. Exactly. And you show your love by your obedience to them and it does feel good. It feels good. Yeah. In the same way, you know, as a Christian, I'm sure some of you guys, you know, brand new as Christians, you haven't shared your faith a lot. And then you finally step out and you mm-hmm. give a track to somebody at the mm-hmm. grocery store mm-hmm. or you share the gospel with somebody you've been praying for a, for a long time. And, you know, it's like in your mind before you did it, it's like, I can't do that. Right. I, it would feel terrible if I did it. I just feel, I feel, I don't know, embarrassed or whatever. Yeah. These bad feelings come. But when you yeah. actually do it, then you start to feel, huh, you, you almost feel like the satisfaction of your heavenly father. Well, that's exactly. kind of what Jesus is talking about. Yeah. That's kind of what this young lady's dealing with. She's yeah. doing things to disobey God, right. but she feels good when she finally does obey the Lord. It's like that satisfaction that you've done what is right in the sight of your heavenly yeah. father. And I'm glad you said that because actually I think that was an important part of the conversation that I, I did skip over, but where um, uh, I was talking about you did obey God today. You obeyed God. When you walked out of that abortion center, you, nothing was solved yet. Yeah. Nothing had changed in your situation. Nothing. It still hasn't changed. We're telling you it will, but it still has not. And yet you chose to obey God when you walked out. How did that make you feel? And she said exactly what you said, Daniel. It made her feel good. Yeah. And so that's our love, I think, for ourselves comes when we most mirror God. Yeah. When we most reflect our Heavenly Father because that's what we're made for. Yeah. Our purpose yeah, is to glorify God. So when we are glorifying God in our actions is when we most love ourselves because we know we are doing what we were made to do. And every act of disobedience, I think, is an act that takes us further from true and and um, what is honest and healthy self-love. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, she she said that she's struggling, she's trying, she's trying. And and then I address that because we hear that all the time too. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying so hard, but I keep failing. And I think sometimes we do try too hard on our own power. Yeah. And not submitting enough to the power and the strength of God. And when do we feel that? When we obey him, yeah. when we follow him, when we pray and ask him to help us, he does. He always answers that prayer. Yeah. He gives us just enough strength yeah, to, absolutely. to make, make it through whatever we need to do. And, um, and I, I guess I actually said that if the purpose in your life is to glorify God, it takes the focus off of your failures and yourself and puts the focus on God, which is where it needs to be. Yeah. And at that point, she said, I agree. Yeah. And again, a validation and I think a a turning point for her that, oh, maybe my focus has been too much on my struggle, too much on me, too much on what I can't control. And really, it needs to be on God. Yeah. So from from that point, I, I went into the gospel. Because I think now she's been engaging with me for quite some time at this point about God. But there hasn't been a a real sharing of the gospel. I knew that our afternoon team had to some degree shared the gospel, so I didn't feel the pressure 
you know, fully, it's a pressure I put on myself, but that I feel God calls us to share the full gospel. I knew that she at least heard some of it. She claimed to know it. But I did ask her at that point, are you going to heaven or hell? What do you think? And she, she answered that she was going to heaven. And I asked why. And she said, because, um, because she had faith. Yeah. And, and she was basically good. Yeah. Which we hear a lot. Right. I'm a good person. Yeah. So I said, well, if, would there be enough bad things you could do to send you to hell? And she said, no, I could do a million times two, I think she said, bad things. As long as I repent, Yeah, he will hear me. And so that's always a red flag to me. That's a red flag. And and why is that a big concern in this conversation? It's because there's that in the back of the mind justification for an abortion. Absolutely. And it's, well... I can do a million times two things Mm -hmm. and God will forgive me as long Mm -hmm. as I repent. First and foremost, there's a misunderstanding of what repent even means. Exactly. It's almost like repent just means saying you're sorry. Mm -hmm. And that's not at all what Mm -hmm. repentance is. Do whatever you want to do as long as you're sure to say I'm sorry when you're done. Yeah, exactly. And of course that's addressed in the scripture several times. Many. Shall we sin Mm -hmm. that grace might abound? Mm -hmm. May it never be right. Mm -hmm. So using the grace of God as a license for sin right. is is not okay in the sight of God. It's it's a trap, right? Yes. It's a trap of the enemy. Yeah. And that's what she was tempted to do. And in yeah. one sense, in conversations like this, and this is where you guys need to be cued in, is that sometimes in your when you're in a conversation like this with an abortion-minded mom, whether it again it be by text or over the phone or right there at the abortion clinic. They're trying to grab on to justifications for abortion. You got to be so careful. Yeah, you got to be careful not to justify. This is one of those big, big areas. Yeah, the area of forgiveness. You have to be so careful with yeah. that message. In which you know, we did do a podcast about exactly. forgiveness today, uh, as well. Yep. How to introduce forgiveness? Right. Because it's a big thing. If you're, if you're one of those people that will just say, "Yeah, God will forgive you." You need to be careful for that because Mm -hmm. that's not actually true. Mm -hmm. God, here's the thing. God is not beholden to anyone. Mm -hmm. God does not have to forgive anyone for anything. And just to broadcast this idea that God will forgive you is incorrect. It's not biblical. And it gives a justification for a sin. And especially when we're dealing with the murder of a child, we need to be careful. So just hear hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. I am saying God is not required to forgive that person Mm -hmm. but god can and god will if they truly repent so that needs to be that's the caveat here so just to broadcast this idea that yeah if you have this abortion yes god will forgive you because you'll have those conversations a lot of times we had one not too long ago with a young lady yelling back at us won't god forgive me right and it's like well you want to respond with yes he will but i sometimes will respond with no he won't forgive you Unless you repent. Yeah, not with (laughs) that attitude. Unless you repent. And you're not in a position to repent. You're hardening your heart. You're about to go walk in and do that. And and that was exactly what was going on. I feel very confident that's that's what she was she was fishing for a way out. And so I said, I agree with you. With a caveat, I think I use that word with, <laughs> with, with, with a caveat. So I said, "What do you think of Hebrews ten twenty six? And I said, "Let me find it and paste it here for you. Um, for if we go on sinning deliberately 
After receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. So that's Romans ten twenty six and 27. And, uh, and then I, I kept talking. She was, was not texting during that point. I'm assuming yeah. she's letting that verse sink in. And I often will pause after reading that verse. I, I use this verse a lot. Yeah. And, and I, the other verse I use a lot is, if you love me, you will obey me. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Yeah. They all are kind of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so let that sink in. And then I said, if we know what is right and still continue to do wrong, this verse is a dire warning. True repentance means we turn from wrong. For example, I think I may have given this example before on our podcast, but it's such a good example, honestly, because I've had so many turning points, I think, in conversations when I share this. Right, yeah. If you were married and your husband said, I think our new neighbor is hot, I'm going to go have sex with her, but I will be right back because I know you will forgive me. Would that be all right with you? And she said, of course not. Of course not, yeah. And I said, I know, right? But that's what we do to God. We say, I know it is wrong, but I know you will forgive me, so I will do it anyway. Yeah. And she sent back a frowny face. Right, yeah. So you've <laughs> you've taken a biblical truth and you've made it personal for her. Mm-hmm. That's just like what, Nathan the prophet did with David in his right. sin with Bathsheba. Yeah. He gives yeah. this example mm-hmm. of this man taking this this other man's lamb for himself. The only lamb this poor man yeah. owned. And David's, of course, outraged. Like, right. this guy needs to be brought to justice. Right. Well, you're that man. You're that you know, guy. And so bringing, you, basically, you're putting God in the position of he just is going to forgive you. What if you were in that position when your husband does this? Right. You, you're just going to forgive him, yeah, right? It's just okay. Yeah, hey, it's he tells you ahead okay. of time. I'm going to go have yeah, this abortion. Let, let in you know other ahead words, of time. Yeah. Because I know you're a forgiving God, and and of course that that doesn't fly. Right. And and then I <clears throat> then I said that this verse, if you, it can be a great encouragement, though, if you couple it with the truth of Romans ten nine. I think it's Romans 10. Yeah, Romans 10, 9 to 10, which is one of my favorite verses. And that's the, the crux of my, my gospel sharing is Romans 10, 9. If, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. So I recited that. I texted that to her. And, and she said, I'm familiar with that verse, which yeah. makes it even better. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I said, so the, in, in my estimation, the most important phrase in that verse is Jesus is Lord. And what does that mean? And if, if he is Lord, then whatever is Lord of your life is what controls you. That's yeah. what you'll do. That's what you'll obey. You'll follow whoever is Lord of your life. And she said, yes. And then I said, so a lot of people claim Jesus is Lord, but then they disobey him. They live lives of sexual sin, which I know she's been in. Mm-hmm. I said that purposefully because I wanted to point that out. Um, lying, cussing, taking his name in vain, etc. And they say they love him. Do they really love him? If he's Lord and they're not living like he is Lord is he? And she agreed no. Yeah. And then after that um, discussion, I said, let me go all the way back to the beginning. At the very beginning, I had asked her, would she um, accept a mentor? 
which would help her through our organization of sister organization, Sister Ministry Love Life Charlotte, and would she agree to have an ultrasound to see her baby? Because I knew she didn't want to see her baby. Right, yeah. Because she's still not, doesn't know what she's yeah. going to do with this baby. So after this whole discussion, and, and, um, and also the reminder, our faith is not tested by when times are good or choices are easy. Our faith, our proof that Jesus is Lord of our lives is really in the hard times. Yeah. The, um, the hard choices, the choices that seem impossible. When we follow him then, that's how we grow in spiritual strength. And when we lose ourselves in him, that's when we truly find ourselves and ultimately find true self-love yeah. and, self- and self-worth. Then I said, so will you go for an ultrasound to see your baby Friday? And she said yes. Yeah. So there was this, um, this whole evolution from, uh, you know, being a very shaky save to saying yes. And, and she, did, she did sign up for the mentor. So she was brought ultimately to the only really hope that there was, no matter what situation she faces, which is God. Yeah, yeah. And trusting and obeying if she's claiming him as Lord. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, bringing the Lord into the equation, mm-hmm. bringing his truth to bear in mm-hmm. her heart and her mind. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't ever let, guys who are listening, anyone fool you into believing that God needs to be a side issue in these conversations with women who are abortion-minded. That's garbage. He's got to be central. <laughs> he's got to be central to the conversation. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's central to the conversation these women are having in their mind and in their hearts. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Even women who might even claim to be atheists, right. they are thinking, because God has put his word or his law in their hearts, right. they are thinking about the Lord. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe not in the same terms that you and I are, of course, yeah. but God is in the equation. So bringing him to the forefront of their minds, bringing his word, and again, the Holy Spirit has to lead you. And there can be some times where you deal with these situations with kitty gloves, because again, you're dealing with life and death. Mm-hmm. But there are situations in which you just need to be forthright and just lay it out. Mm-hmm. Let the Lord do his work. Bring his word. His word doesn't return void. His word mm-hmm. is what the Holy Spirit uses primarily to to change that heart. Yeah. And just in this flow of conversation that we guys shared with you, this yeah. mom's heart was solidified mm-hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's getting connected with a Bible preaching church and mm-hmm. a mentor that's going to walk mm-hmm. alongside her and all of that. Mm-hmm. So we did want to share this with you guys to encourage you to just kind of give you an idea of the flow of one of the conversations. And this, again, is one of uh, among many, many of yeah. conversations. Had the situation been different, the conversation may have went different in some aspects. But yeah. for the most part, bringing God's truth to bear is going to be in those conversations. Talking about Jesus being Lord, going right for the issues that are going on in their lives and in their hearts, which is ultimately disconnection from the Lord, yeah. is, uh, is a key. And they know they know it. That's the thing is they know it. And when we try to walk too gingerly around the topics of sin, repentance, and what it truly means to to follow God and if Jesus is Lord, when we tiptoe around that, sometimes they I think they that's what they really want. Yeah. Because they know truth. We all know 
truth deep down inside because like you said, God writes it on our hearts. We know it and we know when we've transgressed his laws Yeah, and we want oh, to find our way back. And they, uh, most of the women we interact with have plenty of people that are helping them justify oh, the yeah. wrong that they're about to do. And that's not what they need. And it's really not even what they really want to hear. Right. I think what yeah. they really want to hear is God's voice. Yeah. 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 Well, guys, we appreciate you guys joining in on this podcast, and we would appreciate if you guys would share this podcast and the other podcasts that we put out, and uh, also go to our Sidewalks for Life website, sidewalks4life.com. We've gotten some good feedback from folks that are accessing that website and just blessed by the training stuff that's there and the articles that are written there. We just hope that you guys will share that. Reach out to us. Let us know. Maybe there's some subjects that we haven't covered in this podcast that you'd be interested in us covering. And uh, we'd love to pursue those subjects and, and maybe dig into the Word of God and see what it says about those particular subjects. So reach out to me, dparks at citiesforlife.com. Her at vcassiorg at citiesforlife.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you